Welcome to CAE Pilot Podcast, a podcast that brings together aviation professionals to discuss life as a pilot, training, and career advice. You can find us at cae.com forward slash CAE Pilot dash podcast or subscribe to our show on your audio podcasting platform of choice. You can also find our video podcast on our YouTube channel. Welcome to the CAE Pilot Podcast. Integrated training is probably the type of training most pilots know. But CAE has recently opened the new European campus in Oslo, where modular training is available. Today, we're lucky to have William Khalil on the podcast. He's an A320 first officer and an instructor at CAE in Belgium. Welcome to the podcast, William. Hi there, Patrick. Thank you for having me. I thought that we would start today, as we do with most of our guests, with you just telling us a little bit about your background and how you came to be not only a pilot, but now an instructor at CAE. Yeah, so basically I, um, I did for other studies first. I was uh, five years studying uh, business in uh, Leuven, so a city close to Brussels, uh, before actually working into sales and marketing. And so in the beginning, I wasn't um, thinking about becoming a pilot, but by working for CAE, for three years uh, as a sales advisor, I actually got to know what it is to become a pilot, uh, what the, the track looks like. Uh, so basically, at the age of 29, I uh, decided to stop uh, working and I switched from the employee side towards the student side. So at the age of 29, so I wasn't the typical 18, 19 year old uh, twi- uh, pilot who, um, who decided directly after high school. So that was my first touch with aviation, say. It's interesting because when we talk to people, a lot of them talk about seeing airplanes flying when they were young and they had this passion inside family members, perhaps, who were in the airline industry. Um, So it's interesting to see how your path is a little bit uh, different to most. And it seems like you've come full circle now as not only do you have your flying duties um, at a major airline, but you're also working at CAE as an instructor. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, basically, like you said, uh, I, I was also fascinated uh, at a younger age by, by, by flying. Um, but for me, it came, let's say, more in a later age that um, I was really sure that I was capable of doing it. And by flying now for that uh, airline, it also got to, um, got to help me to become, let's say, an instructor, to get more knowledge and to actually um, go back to the school and not as a student, but now, let's say... Uh, passing the knowledge from the airline towards the, the cadet. Like once I also received high quality training from uh, other airline pilots. And now I'm really happy to be able to, to do that as well uh, to the, the next uh, classes to, to come. And at a time where uh, many pilots are looking at different options uh, in their career, how would you say that being an instructor enhances um, your skills as a pilot? Well, I think that uh, if you have to teach something, you really have to dig deep into the matter. Um, so um, by, by looking really deep into the, the subjects, like you have mass and balance, flight planning, uh, the typical chapters, the typical subjects you need to uh, pass as an ATPL student, where it, it really makes you, um, yeah, you, you gain more knowledge. So in that side, you, of course, get to, um, to know the aircraft better and to get the, the procedures better. So actually being an instructor, of course, helps you to, to aim to become a better pilot. Now, tell me, do you get teased a little bit for being an instructor? Because I imagine that you fly with some of the people who you teach. 
Uh, no, actually, uh, as, as a first officer, I, I fly with captains, and those captains were once uh, teaching me, so it's quite nice to, to have that circle from going from student classroom uh, towards cockpit classroom, let's say, and uh, that's really nice. So one day, I hope, uh, maybe in uh, five to ten years from now, to be able to sit next to, uh, to have a student next to me that I once had in my classroom. That would be really uh, a super nice milestone. Yeah, I think that'll be a nice sense of accomplishment for sure. Yeah, definitely. Full circle. Now, let's get into this uh, modular versus uh, integrated training. Um, yeah. As we mentioned, we now offer uh, this modular training at CAE Oslo. But let's talk a little bit about the differences between the two. What is modular? What is integrated training? Yeah, sounds good. So basically, to start with integrated training, the training that most people know, is that integrated training is like um, full-time study. And what I mean is that you really start a training from zero, and it's like a continuous moving train uh, that reaches its end destination, which is, of course, obtaining the pilot licenses uh, to go to the airline. So that's what m- most people know, is that it's, um, it's really a two-year uh, full-time study. And by full-time study, I mean you almost have courses every day in the theory, um, you try to fly as much as possible in the flight training. Um, so it's actually like a syllabus, which is, has been approved by the, um, by the EASA regulation. So once you start with that syllabus, there is no stopping. There's um, no uh, pauses or stops. Um, it's really a continuous train uh, to reach your uh, destination. Now, of course, if you have a, a, an approved syllabus, and every student is following that same um, syllabus, you, you have an idea of what the quality uh, of the training looks like. So every flight school has that uh, training program. So, of course, even airline uh, looks for um, new pilots. They know that, okay, if you do an integrated training, uh, they have an idea of how the training looks like uh, because they have an idea of um, that particular uh, syllabus. Um, now, integrated training also, as it's a really very compact uh, training, um, it's, you start with the theory first, and once you've obtained the theory, you get to move on to the, the flight training. Uh, this is also very important because um, the theory is the first um, and most difficult part, and once you have accomplished this, you can actually start f- the flight training uh, going from lesson one to lesson 120, um, and at the end of the, the road, you have that uh, commercial pilot license uh, in hand. It sounds like, as you say, it's, uh, it's, you're fully immersed in it. Um, yep. You know, you're with your peers. You're going through, as you say, a syllabus. Tell us about modular training then. Yeah, modular training is actually the same train, but you decide where to stop um, and where you want to maybe get off the train and look for another part. It's like you would cut the training in pieces and you decide yourself at your own pace, your own rhythm, to say, listen, I'm going to start with this part of the training first, then I'm going to take maybe a few months off and I will continue with that part. So um, it's like going to the restaurant and really decide, okay, I'm going to have this part uh, first and this dish afterwards. Um, so basically what is really nice about model training is that you can even combine studying with uh, working um, uh, so you can really combine it where in an integrated training that's absolutely um, 
close to impossible because it's a full-time study where in modular training you can really say, listen, I'm going to focus on the, the theory first. Uh, I can combine it with, uh, with, uh, with working, uh, putting some money aside. So that's really probably the main and the, big, the biggest difference between integrated training and modular training, the fact that you can cut the, the training into pieces. So it sounds like if I were to take your example of, of going to flight school perhaps a bit later than most do, if, yeah. if someone uh, at the age of 29 still does have to work but wants to pursue their uh, dream of becoming a pilot, modular might be a good way to you know, sustain themselves while they teach themselves or they, they attend classes to learn to fly. Yeah, exactly. It's like what you said. Not, not all the student pilots have the, uh, the luxury uh, to pay the training at once. Uh, maybe they don't have uh, a bank or parents or family supporting them. Uh, so a model training can really uh, help any person to achieve the, the dream of becoming a pilot, but at his or her own pace by paying also the, the training in, um, in multiple steps which makes it, of course, possible to combine work and study at the same time. So like you said, um, many, many people with, let's say, a more older profile, I would say, uh, are looking into that option to combine working and studying and have a, the same license at the end of the, uh, the, the road. Yeah. And with modular training, there's still a sequence, I would imagine, that you have to go through. Like you mentioned course 1 to 120. Yeah. Even if you're doing module, you have to go through it sequentially, right? Yeah, so uh, the, the, the main difference also in flight training is that in an uh, integrated training, like I said at CE, I remember this well, there was a mission one going to mission 120, and you really had to follow uh, those missions to obtain the CPL. Well, of course, in a, in a model training, um, you don't have that sequence of uh, a certain syllabus so you can decide to say, okay, I'm going to do my private pilot license at school A. Uh, once you have obtained this, you can maybe continue with some hour building at school B. Uh, then you can go for the multi-engine training at school C. So you can really decide yourself um, where and how you want to continue with this model training. Because you can literally say, I want to yeah, split all the, the parts. Um, but of course, the you're not 100% sure maybe if you would divide your uh, training into different schools, what is the quality like? So that's why if you choose for model training, it's a, it's an int- it's an, a very good idea to do that in one school um, to, uh, to have a, a certain idea of uh, quality guidance, let's say, or follow-up, yeah. So, I mean, as an example, while someone may choose to go from school to school, um, yeah. If you could do a modular training, you do all of the modules of training at CAE Oslo, as an example, so that you have the benefit. And would you say there's a difference? Take out the the different schools, obviously, out of the equation. The quality of training between modular and and, uh, integrated, would you say one is of a better quality than another? Well, not, not, not precise quality, but imagine that you are an airline looking for a recruitment of new pilots, and you would see that you have an integrated profile and a modular profile. It all will depend on how that uh, student, or in this case, the model training, uh, looked like. So if you would do a model training at one school, for example, at CE Oslo or Oxford or uh, other uh, schools in our network, then 
you would know that doing it in one school, well, the airline has an idea of how the quality looks like because he has done all the parts at one academy. But if you start shopping, like we call it, like uh, modeler shopping, and you do one part in country A, and then you, you continue uh, another part in, uh, in country B, well, basically the airline will not know what that quality really is until, of course, they get into the screening part. But by doing a training in one facility, even though it's integrated or modular, uh, the airline will know that, okay, this student has followed one specific training uh, philosophy, and that is important towards the airline. Otherwise, the, the airline may uh, maybe not even invite you because he is he, not aware of the quality behind the, the training. So it sounds like, you know, some people may have to go from one place to another, but certainly staying as an example within the CAE network or limiting the number of schools you go to is definitely to the advantage of someone pursuing modular training. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, if we look at integrated training, uh, the airline knows you've done it in uh, in two years. It's quite a, a huge space of training. While, okay, modular training, you take more time for yourself so you can maybe dig into the subject is deeper, so it has all his uh, advantages and disadvantages. But at the end of the day, you want to uh, apply for an airline and you must convince the airline that your training uh, was of a decent quality. And that, of course, can be done. Um, I think it goes without saying, if you do it in one training facility, um, there is uh, a higher chance that you get a, a higher standard than if you would do some uh, modular shopping across uh, European schools. Mm. And one question that pops to mind, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, if you were to go to different schools, wouldn't that demonstrate adaptability or is to, of the pilot himself, or is it really about the program that, that the airlines are looking for? Well, the, 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 the main reason why people go, uh, let's say, uh, modular shopping across European schools is, of course, uh, pricing. Um, there are ways to get it cheaper, quicker. Um, but of course, cheaper and quicker does, does not always reflect quality. And if an airline can choose, um, uh, for example, I remember my days uh, where I entered um, an airline selection with more than 2,000 CVs uh, for only 24 spots. Well, of course, the airline, you want to maximize your chances of being invited. And of course, going uh, through different schools and different uh, qualities where the airline cannot know, like, okay, what does this pilot stand for, it actually decreases your chance of, a, of an invitation. And of course, you need to be invited uh, to pass airline selection. So that's uh, very, very important to, uh, to, to know or to understand. So it sounds like there's, um, there's definite advantages um, to both types of training. And I would say things to think about if um, your situation means that you should go after or you have to go after a modular type of training. So, William, whether you do modular or integrated training at CAE, how does, uh, how does CAE support its, uh, its cadets to finding their first jobs? Well, actually, good question, because I, I forgot to mention this that, uh, in my introduction, that uh, besides uh, being an instructor, uh, I'm also part of a team um, within CAE that helps the students to prepare themselves for airline interviews, so by providing interview workshops, uh, giving them groups assessment, technical interview knowledge, uh, to make sure that all the students that finish the training uh, from CE, that they have the right tools and knowledge to go to that first airline interview, that they're not alone 
uh, taking these first steps, uh, very important steps towards a first airline interview. Um, so basically, all the students can uh, expect a, a two-day course um, after the training, after graduation, before really going towards that first airline interview. What we typically do with our guests, if you've seen our podcast before, is we do a little um, MythBusters section. So do you mind if we yeah. go through a few, a few yeah, myths? Uh, of course. All right. So here's the first one. Modular training doesn't give you the same license as integrated training. Well, that's of course wrong. So at the end of any pilot training, you'll obtain the same license. I actually can, uh, can show you uh, in my uh, pilot uh, case here. It's just a blue uh, document. It's, it's, it's stated that you have an ATPL, CPL, multi-engine IR, and it's not indicated that you have done it in an integrated way or in a modular way. But of course, it's the quality behind, which is, of course, uh, interesting for the airline. But of course, the, the license is exactly, exactly the same. Okay, here's the next one. Modular training is always cheaper than integrated training. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's wrong as well, because uh, modular training, it depends. If you would go uh, and look for different uh, options, well, some schools, they force you to do some hour building. And to give you an idea, uh, I only flew uh, 120 hours um, in my uh, single engine uh, period. Well, um, I've, I've been checking this as well, that some, some modular training, they force you to go even to 160, 170 hours of single engine our building, which is, of course, way more than what I did. Somewhere, um, you will fly to a model training uh, because of, that's the way the program is made. Um, so, per definition, it's not said that uh, model training is cheaper than, than integrated training. You really have to look and compare all the program uh, details very carefully and really make for yourself, like, okay, this training will give me the, um, the, the, the best average of hours compared to the price uh, package, let's say. That makes a lot of sense. And yep. here's another one. Some airlines will not hire students coming out of modular courses. Well, there I would say it depends. Um, if you would be that student that goes uh, modular shopping, then I think your chances are definitely lower than an integrated student or a modular student that, have, that has chosen one training facility to, uh, to obtain uh, his or her license. So um, I've seen it um, firsthand in interviews. I've seen um, people coming from Italy, Spain, uh, uh, Polish uh, cadets who really went for the shopping. And at the end of the day, they never really landed the job uh, because of the airline was not convinced of uh, the way they obtained their pilot license in the, in the, in the first way. Airlines are reluctant to employ students who have studied each pilot training module in a different school because of the lack of consistency, standards, and performance tracking. Well, that's uh, ex uh, exactly the same thing that, uh, that I said. So indeed, if you do a module, each module in a different organization, you actually are decreasing the chances of having a, a, a consistent, high-quality training, uh, where if you choose CE, uh, you know that, okay, I've done the theory there, now I will go up to uh, the, the diamond fleet or the piper fleet for my, my hour building. So th there's a consistency. So it definitely depends there um, as well. Yeah. And if you follow an integrated training program, there's no time for a, a second job or a side job. That is definitely true. Um, the, the training is very um, 
let's say compressed. Uh, the theory is uh, following courses from eight to five uh, for seven to eight months. Um, so definitely uh, following an integrated training will not give you a lot of time to uh, to have an, an, a side job or even a, a primary job because you will need time to study, time to relax, time to really focus on the uh, the training. So definitely integrated training. And I can say from experience, it will not give you time to do anything else than just focus on the training. So completely immersive. Yeah, exactly. Um, the selection process for modular program is easier than that for an integrated training program. Uh, well, let's see. That is definitely not the case because we have the same uh, selection procedure. So basically, we're if we're looking to screen uh, new pilots, we actually have the same, uh, let's say, uh, bar of um, quality that we're looking for. But of course, the other schools, I cannot um, speak for other training facilities, but definitely I know that other schools... Um, if you have the necessary license, like a medical license, if you have the investment ready, some schools will not even screen you because basically um, if you have the funding to do it, well, they will accept you as a student. Whereas in CE, we know uh, there are uh, three to four tests that you need to pass um, to be sure that there are some um, minimum standards before starting the training. That makes a lot of sense. So to sum up, um Integrated training, probably the, a great route to go if, uh, if it suits, uh, for, as you said, for younger pilots, for those who can um, make that investment immediately. Modular training, um, also a great way to go, um, but to be really careful to stick with one school and a reputable school um, if you're going to do that. That sum it up pretty well? Yeah, it would be a great uh, summary, yeah. The airline industry is known to have um, to be cyclical and to have ups and downs. And today, clearly, we're uh, in a down. But when people are considering their training, should they be looking at what's happening today or what's going to be happening when it's time for them to graduate? Well, like you said, uh, we are clearly now in a down uh, period. But um, if you start a training now, always remember that a pilot training takes up to two years, and if you go for a model training, maybe even three years. So if you start now, uh, you're actually looking quite ahead. You're thinking ahead because maybe uh, probably in two years from now, we'll be at the same stage of uh, January 2020, where uh, people were landing jobs um, a few months after, after graduation. So, of course, um, this is something very important to keep in mind that if you do a training of two years or three years, um, and maybe if the, the aviation industry has not recovered fully yet of this uh, COVID uh, uh, situation, well, what is waiting an extra year before starting uh, flying for an airline? I, I think, in my, in my humble opinion, that um, maybe waiting one year, maybe even waiting two years for that first job, you still have uh, 40 or 45 years ahead of you. Uh, to give you a clear example, in Belgium, um, normally, the the age of retirement was set at uh, 55 years uh, for pilots. Uh, well, now it has been increased to 65, so that gives all of us 10 years more career path uh, ahead of us, which is quite, of course, it's interesting uh, from a career point of view. Um, so if you would start at 20 or 23 uh, with two or three years of training and two years of waiting, well, you're still very young. Uh, before starting uh, your full career at an airline. 
So that's definitely a, a good thing. Um, but of course, we we uh, we are hoping that the industry will cover even quicker, so that by two years from now, three years from now, uh, we're looking at the same uh, rate of uh, placement as we had before uh, the COVID-19. And I think the thing that I'll add here, um, just from having spoken to many pilots in previous uh, podcasts, is that even your example demonstrates it to a certain extent, is working in aviation, you don't doesn't mean you have to be a pilot right away. I've spoken to pilots who were aircraft groomers in the yeah. time where they were looking for their pilot jobs, and it's because they did jobs like that that they were able to find um, their position as a pilot. So I think it's, uh, it's always a good message to remind people that even if it's not a pilot right away, being in the industry in whatever mm-hmm. form that takes can be beneficial. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I, I think we were very spoiled um, in 2015, 2016. Um, I remember myself um, having five airline interviews waiting for me after, uh, at graduation. So we were very spoiled. And I think it's, it's a bit irrealistic as well. Because like you said, it's, I think uh, it takes quite some time to obtain the license. It takes time for airlines to hire because they don't always hire at the same time of the year. Um, so doing something in, 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 in the meantime is actually a very smart idea, working for the airport, working maybe for the airline at ground operations. So not every pilot um, had that straight going from, the, from graduation towards the cockpit. Uh, of course, that, that, that can be the aim. But if that's not the, the right time to do uh, the, right, the right time to do that, well, nothing stops us from obtaining another job in the meantime and still working towards that cockpit anyway. And at the end, we'll, we'll end there anyway. So despite the downturn, would you say you're optimistic about the future of aviation? Yeah, I, I think um, if you have seen the, the industry growth for the last years, it has been um, a very good time to, to become a pilot, of course, now. Let's say that the industry, the aviation industry, is definitely on a, on a break. Uh, but in two, three years from now, we'll, uh, we'll definitely continue where it, uh, where it left. I think that's a great message for everybody, and I think it's a good place to thank you so much for uh, having been with us, share your knowledge and your experience. And I think your career path as well presents a very interesting, an interesting uh, profile of person who can uh, still pursue their dreams. It's not something for just someone who's 18, 19 and doing it right out of, uh, right out of school that, you know, you can there's still options out there for people who sort of take a look at it and decide maybe a bit later that uh, flying is really what they want to do. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us, William. No, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'd like to remind everyone to please check out airside.aero for lots of great tools and resources for pilots, including, you know, the open positions right now, the CV builder, lots of great stuff on airside.aero. We'll see you next time. CAE Pilot Podcast is brought to you by CAE, the global leader in training for the civil aviation, defense and security, and healthcare markets. For more information, check out CAE.com.